This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. For the first time in history, we are not only living longer, but everyone also has an important choice to make. Commit to a meaningful, purposeful life of incline as we get older, or believe that a new stage, one of steady decline, is inevitable. What is not helping is that in the media and society in general, there continues the somewhat negative connotation surrounding the concept of aging. We need to change the mindset for it. Embracing change and looking at life with a keener sense of curiosity will lead to living with increased courage to live life to the fullest. Women and men who make a conscious choice to ignore society's negative mindset of decline and being over the hill as we age, who embrace a positive mindset of inclining, ready, able, and willing to continue living a life of achievement, meaning, and purpose. Valeria Tellis interviews Ramona Oliver, the author of Inclined Elders, How to Rebrand Aging for Self and Society. Ramona Oliver has long been a passionate educator with former roles as a human resource manager slash director, career coach, and director of outreach for St. Edwards University. As a human resource director for many years, she championed the professional development of employees. While serving as president of the Austin Human Resource Management Association, she led a team that designed, developed, and implemented an award-winning leadership program. In addition, she launched a workforce readiness committee that partnered with community organizations to implement workforce readiness initiatives. At St. Edwards University, she promoted lifelong learning in the adult undergraduate and graduate programs to older adults in the Austin community. Ramona currently serves as an advocate of positive aging, Rather than accepting a mindset of decline, she is passionate about living life with an attitude of incline. Ramona has been published on the Changing Aging website, offering posts with titles such as, Can We Please Stop Calling It Aging? What Are We Missing When We Settle for Life Stages? And Leave a Legacy and Live It Now. Meet Ramona at RamonaVMOliver.com. Here's the interview with Ramona Oliver. In your own words, who is Ramona Oliver? In my own words, who am I? Well, at this point in my life, I'm an advocate of positive aging. I actually have uh, reinvented myself many times over the years as far as my career and my professional, uh, uh, personal life as well. But I'd say that the common thread that has always run through everything that I've done is to not only um, develop myself, but also support others in their personal development. 
Uh, that has led me into uh, career paths such as uh, human resource manager director for many, many years, where I empowered employees to be the best they could, not only personally, but professionally. I also served as a career coach for many years and enjoyed helping people to give them the tools so that they could make a transition in their own careers. And um, I then ended up uh, at St. Edwards University, which is a, a local university. I had actually gone back to school as an adult in my 50s and uh, completed my undergraduate undergraduate degree. And I enjoyed that journey so much that I just stayed on and did my master's. I'm a, a true proponent of, of lifelong learning. And uh, I think that's so important to all of us, regardless of uh, what our age is. And I think especially uh, as we get older. So at this point, as I mentioned initially, I would say that I'm an advocate of positive aging. I have, uh, uh, interestingly, several years ago in my 60s, I took a look around me and became very uh, aware of the fact that, well, most of my friends were continuing to live meaningful and purposeful lives. So many other older adults had bought into society's negative connotation about aging, but it's all about decline and over the hill. And I became so incensed with that that I decided to to research to see what the other aspect of aging would be. And this is where I started doing a lot of research uh, surrounding positive psychology, anthropology, and sociology. And eventually, I became just so engrossed in the, in the topic that I decided to write a book to add my voice and perspective to the conversation. So that's where I am today. And um, I plan to continue to support others in their quest for, for living the, the most meaningful and purposeful lives that they're able to as they adopt the the uh, attitude of inclining through their life rather than declining. I love the way you say that's who I am today. And that brings me to the question about meaning and purpose, but specifically purpose. Do you believe we have one specific purpose in life or many of them? No, I think we have many of them and they vary throughout our lives. But I think bottom line, without purpose, we're more vulnerable to boredom, anxiety, and depression. So having a purpose can provide a powerful positive effect. Uh, it can also enhance our self-esteem and our self-confidence. Um, various studies that I looked into indicate that um, having a purpose makes us healthier and more resilient and even affects our mortality. Uh, but I also look at purpose, I, I call it it's either a big P or a little P, and it can be a combination of, of both of those. Big P meaning it can be your career, it can be a special project you're working on, uh, something major and impactful, or it can be something that's a little P. So people can find purpose in raising their children or being involved with their grandchildren's lives or being a service to others in a volunteer capacity or, or having a special project that really they're passionate about. Uh, so all of those things can be considered uh, uh, purposeful. And interestingly, the, the inclined elders that I spoke with for my book shared a sense of purpose in their lives. So that's certainly a trait of those who have chosen to continue to incline in their lives. So another question I have for you, the warm-up questions, is about balance. And something else came to mind. So I'll ask you those two questions. What is your understanding and idea of balance? And also, what does it mean to live a simple life? 
Well, to me, and uh, I think this is sort of woven throughout my book, that to have balance, you have to have uh, a sense of, and I look at the, the holistic approach of, of the, 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 the mind, the body, the spirit. Uh, as you've gathered, I'm very much into physical fitness. I practice yoga, Pilates, Nia, Tai Chi, and, and some other areas, and I think that that creates a balance as far as my physical aspect, my body, but I also am very much into lifelong learning. Uh, so there's a balance there. And I think that people need to have whatever their definition of balance is going to be, but there needs to be something on both sides to, to even out so that you feel fulfilled. And again, you have uh, meaning and purpose in your life. And what was the second part of the question again, Valeria? The simple life, this idea of a simple lifestyle, what comes to mind when you hear that? Well, I think that's something that a lot of people as they're aging uh, realize that it, it's important to, as they uh, perhaps, um, uh, what's the term that's used to to reduce the the amount of things that they have in their lives you know we are so used especially in this culture to have a lot of stuff and i jokingly say that people get so much stuff that they they, they then have to rent a storage uh, uh, capa uh capacity to store their stuff and then they yeah. forget their stuff so they go and buy more stuff <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. i think that uh, yeah. so many people that I spoke with, even for the book, made that comment that they're downsizing and they're just living a simpler life, really appreciating those things that matter to them most rather than all of the uh, personal p possessions. Uh, I mean, we hear stories about, uh, and I actually have a very good friend who, gosh, it would have been almost five, six years ago now in her mid-60s, and she's still doing it. She sold her home actually it was a ranch so she, she she sold the ranch and she bought um, an rv and she's been traveling all over the u.s and there's an, an amazing group of not only men but women as well that have taken that lifestyle uh you know there's also those that have these small houses and um the the movie that came out recently the nomad land i think it's called again that that speaks to the fact that people are are respecting more a simpler lifestyle i love that idea though for some reason instead of adding kind of um not necessarily removing things or throwing them out but just giving them less importance exactly exactly and what is another word for aging ramona another word for aging uh getting older uh, I like to use the term incline, and that's become synonymous with me because, you know, let's face it, we're the day that we're born. Uh, and it's a matter of embracing a lifestyle that is more a positive, leaning in the, the upward direction so that you're continuing to incline. So for me, that's synonymous with aging, but in a much more positive do you think that this idea, the decline idea of aging, that affects more women than men? Well, I'd say we're both affected, but there tends to be um, more of a negative context for women on the basis of and some of the, the research I included in my book on that section is the fact that men can have gray hair and they're considered distinguished, whereas women with gray hair are considered old. Uh, 
yet we have several movie stars that have embraced going gray, such as um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis and Diane Keaton and a few others. And they, they, they look amazing. And I think personally, that's a matter of choice, whether you want to continue to to uh, color your hair, whether you don't. Uh, but because we live in such a youth-centric society, and especially when it comes to women, I, there, I personally believe there's a much more negative impact on the stereotyping for, for women. What do you think the purpose of the human experience is as a whole in general? The purpose of the human experience, I feel that it's um, important that we leave a mark on this earth, in our society. For many, many people, it's family. That's their, that's their legacy. And for others, I believe it's leaving a legacy of, and in my book this is included, because so many younger adults feel that aging is all doom and gloom, and there's been statistics showing that uh, they think that as you get old, you're no longer attractive, that your body falls apart and all these negative things that have come through in different statistical reports. And yet I added a second piece to the book as far as um, uh, my premise being that if younger people had older role models, they would see that they're still living meaningful and purposeful lives. And therefore, those older adults are leaving a legacy for the, the future generations Uh, and, and that's really the message that I'm trying to put across as well. I interviewed several younger people, uh, definitely didn't call them millennials because most younger people do not like that term at all because it's ne but, uh, younger people in their 20s and 30s. And invariably, the ones that had older role models in their lives, they felt very comfortable as far as aging because they could see how the progression was for older people, and they knew they could do that as well. So the message that I'm putting across in that regard is that you can really leave a legacy and live it now by serving as a role model for future generations. And and whether it's that, whether it's something else, um, you know, it depends on the individual. But I don't think that making your mark in this life has anything to do with, with riches or property. In your book, you do mention, you have a phrase there that's really beautiful and powerful. Let me paraphrase you. You said legacy is not leaving things for people, but leaving something in people. Exactly. Exactly. Beautifully written. Where I was going with the um, uh, aspect of leaving a legacy for the younger generation. I mean, there's, there's no monetary value on that. What And most people think that a legacy has to be property or values. But look at the richness of that legacy in, in uh, helping the, the younger generation realize they can continue to live meaningful and purposeful lives rather than it's all about decline. Because nowadays we know that we've had about 20 or 30 years added on to our, our lifespan. A, a lot of people, especially those born today, 50% of them will live to be over 100. So we really have to take stock of where our lifestyle and where our society is going and, and make changes, which is one of the areas I, I speak to in the book as well. And my last warm-up question is the meaning of freedom. What is to be free from your perspective? Well, it's funny. I was um, reviewing some of the material this morning, and I think that freedom 
I included a discussion of that in the, the third section of the book, which is empowerment. And I, I think just to touch on this, that the book has three parts. The first is attitude. Uh, the second is growth. And the third is empowerment. And interestingly, and you probably noticed this in the table of contents, but the first letter of each part spells age, A-G-E. Now, in, in moving to empowerment, of course, empowerment is the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in gaining control over your own life. So I see it as having the free will or freedom, if you will, to adopt a positive attitude with respect to aging that you choose to commit to a meaningful, purposeful life of incline as you get older. You make everyday count. You add movement to your life. You strive for continuous growth through social engagement, both relationships and community, life course model of life versus life stages, which are so rigid, lifelong learning, understanding cultural differences, and embracing your personal wisdom. So to me, I feel that's freedom. That's free will. When you embrace your your own self empowerment. So you wrote the book Inclined Elders: How to Rebrand Aging for Self and Society. What was the main inspiration to write your book? Well, as I mentioned a little earlier, I became very aware that uh, well, myself and my friends were continuing continuing to live meaningful and purposeful lives. There were so many adults that had bought into society's negative connotation about aging. And it really incensed me. So I decided to to research. And as I evolved through the the science of, of what I was calling positive aging, I then realized that there was a positive aspect to this. And I thought, well, you know, it would be interesting to interview people in their 40s, 200s uh, and see what they thought about aging, what uh, challenges they might have, what tips and techniques that they used to overcome those uh, challenges. And so I set out to, first of all, obviously speak with my circle of friends. And from there, everybody, oh, you need to talk to this person and that person. So, you know, the circle just expanded and it ended ended up uh, being, uh, gosh, over 50 people that I spoke with, which... uh, as I said, ranged in age from 40 to 100, men and women, different ethnicities. So it was a very diverse group of people. And uh, for the most part, those individuals that um, were in- inclining, uh, as uh, my term that I'm using, yeah. and of course, they yeah. love that and embrace that too. Of course, I'm inclining. I'm doing <laughs> yeah. this, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. from, from the conversations I had, <laughs> several common themes emerged from those that were living a life of incline. Um, And the four significant ones that came out were that all of the inclined elders, so those that weren't accepting the decline approach, they all had a positive attitude and mindset about aging. They were living a life of meaning and purpose. They understood the importance of connections and community. And they realized their legacy as a service role models for future generations. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, really that's pulling into the free will empowerment piece. Um, So that was rather fun to see that connection come through. Talk to me for a moment about gratitude and how important that is. Okay, well, what I'd like to do just to share with you a little bit about um, how important I think gratitude is that I, I had actually met a woman and it was so much fun as I was meeting with people and hearing their stories that I would think, ah, that's going to fit in there. Whoa, that's going to fit in. And when I met Betty, 
I realized that Betty was just the essence of um, gratitude. And her story, and I'll share just a snippet of it, is that, uh, and I'll paraphrase as we go along, but uh, she was originally from New Orleans. And when Hurricane, Hurricane Katrina hit, her husband and her literally boarded up their home and hurriedly packed a small suitcase. They left behind everything, including a beautiful Waterford crystal bowl that she'd recently purchased. And she said, well, one may think of materialistic items at a time like this. You just know, get out. There's an imminent threat of the approaching hurricane. So they fled. They finally arrived at, I think, with their sister-in-laws, and they were safe. Uh, Katrina slammed into the Gulf of Mexico with winds in excess of 170 miles per hour. And, uh, I mean, that whole area was flooded, as we well remember. So, But several weeks later, when the water had receded, Betty and her husband returned to their home to assess the damage. They waded through the filthy, oil-soaked water. And as they neared what was once their dining room, Betty thought of her new Waterford crystal bowl, which she'd proudly displayed on her dining room table. Her gaze moved towards the table, and she couldn't believe her eyes. The crystal bowl was embedded in the table, weighed down by the floodwaters. It was intact and unharmed. It had weathered the storm as she and her husband had. Like the crystal bowl, Betty's spirit was still intact and unscathed unscathed by the devastation of the storm and the loss of their home and belongings. So, so she really has such a, a positive attitude. And, and we know through research that having gratitude generates happiness in your life. And it can be the simple things. Um, I know there's, a, there's an expression by a 13th century theologian, um, Meister, uh, that he said, if the only thing you ever say is thank you. If the only words you ever say are, is thank you, that's that is gratitude enough, and that's really you know pulls it together. So, and of course, my book includes a lot of research on gratitude, where it's been proven that uh, it does lead to a, a happier, more meaningful, purposeful life. I think too that um, in looking at the, the the way the book is set up with the stories, it was one thing to share stories of people, but it was also important to weave scientific evidence throughout the stories to support their tips and techniques. So that's yeah. what I've, I've done with all of the stories of the inclined elders that I've shared to, to gain credibility to it. Why do you think most of us need to be convinced that adopting these positive attitudes and practices are, are real, are true? Well, that's a good question. And I think it comes down to the fact that uh, most people uh, would consider, oh, these are lovely stories and oh, well, I guess they could do that. But, you know, how, how can I do it? Why should I do it? And I think when you when you add credibility to it through scientific evidence that shows that that practicing gratitude, that practicing this and that and, and many of the other things that I bring up in the book really does have positive impacts, not only in slowing the aging process down, but on creating a more happy individual. So there's a, there's a lot of benefits to it. And I think when people see that, I think it has more credibility to it. The dance and laughter, this is something that I have adopted in my life, and it just makes a huge difference. So talk to me about your own experience with these, if you have them. I know you wrote about them, stories, but do you ha also have experience with the 
benefits of dancing, moving the body. Of course, exercise is very important, but dance specifically is a different expression, movement expression, and laughter. So these two practices, how crucial they are <laughs> from my perspective. Yes, well, you, you've touched on one of the chapters, which which I call the, the power of play, because to me, that is one of the, the key elements in the, in the book on the basis that uh, people that continue to have movement in their lives as they age certainly are able to uh, keep the aging aspect in, in, in curb, in, in a sense. Uh, I myself was never what I would term athletic growing up, and yet many decades ago, I, I started to realize the significance of movement in our lives. My Pilates teacher, actually, that's her, her mantra for her, her Pilates uh, company, uh, movement is medicine. And I, I certainly believe that. Uh, I had uh, uh, practiced yoga. I've practiced yoga for, for many years, almost 20 years now. But it was interesting that as I was looking for other tools in my, what I call my toolkit of wellness, that I wanted some other aspects that would give me a different perspective on movement because yoga, as much as we know the benefits of it, it's a very linear, rigid um, practice. And uh, interesting, and again, through some of the connections I had in my yoga class and having this conversation, and they suggested, well, why don't you try Nia? And I'd heard of Nia. I knew it was a type of dance. And um, fortunately, she had been attending Nia classes. I started them, and wow, it was amazing. Nia is, if you're familiar with it, it it's a type of dance that was created in the 80s by two uh, fitness gurus. And it really incorporates movement from, from yoga, from uh, jazz from a lot of different movement aspects and it's in its dancing there there is a I wouldn't call it a choreographed routine but there is a, a process that the teacher gets you on but there's there's no wrong move you just move to the music and to me it was transformative on the basis that wow moving from linear structured movements to fluid resilient movements which you get from dancing I mean, it just uh, it not only Im impacted my body with the movement, but my mind as well, because I was thinking in different ways. And it's interesting, as I did my research on movement, and especially dance, that the area that of movement that is the best exercise for slowing down the aging process is dancing. It, it's, and, th and again, that scientific evidence has been proven. So, hey, what fun you can have by uh, dancing. Now, of course, to me, uh, the, the, the laughter aspect, the laughter is medicine as well. I, I believe that we need to express ourselves in positive way, obviously, but uh, just laughter, not only for, for little things, but even laughing at yourself if you do something that's not to the norm or, the, or that is a little different. Just, just laughter in general and sharing that with other people. So that's that's my philosophy in a nutshell. I love that, Ramona, this idea that we can open ourselves to that more, not to take everything so seriously. Yes, exactly. Because as we're aging, uh, we need to maintain that playfulness. You know, there, there's certain uh, quotes that I found. One George Bernard Shaw quoted that we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. And and what really put me onto this whole aspect of play was was my Nia teacher, in fact, introduced me to Stuart Brown's book, which is called Play, how it shapes the brain, opens the imagination and invigorates the soul. And 
it so certainly does. What a wonderful message. Yeah, he outlines these um, the seven properties of play. Do you have them in front of you, Ramona? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, one of the one that really stands out in my mind is the fact that it's spontaneity, yeah. that uh, it's it just, you know, off the top of your head. And I, I think uh, one of the little stories I included uh, was a story about me as a, as a young girl and, and having listen to Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker Suite in a, in a music class. And we've been asked to draw flowers that were representative. And I was so enthralled by this that when I got home, I think it was on the weekend, I decided I was going to create my own orchestra in my mother's garden in the backyard. <laughs> I built this and the roses for something else. And I brought my dolls out and we just, we had, we had this dance. And yeah. it was just you know, instinctively, it brought such joy. And that's another aspect of, of playing. It brings such joy to to you. And you remember it. You remember that feeling. And when I think of that story that I shared uh, with the, the dancing and the flowers in the garden, I can smell it. I can feel it. I can taste it. So it just it stays with you. It's just uh, and another interesting aspect. And I'll mention this because it's so relevant to the work that uh uh, Stuart Brown did. He had been asked to look into the, the background and reasoning for uh, a young student at the University of Texas back in, I think it was the 60s or 70s, who had gone to the top of the tower and he had, and there was a rifle and he started shooting people. And it, it was late, later revealed that this individual had been raised by an extremely strict father who had not allowed him to play, he led a very serious childhood, and eventually, through all of the research that um, Dr. Brown conducted, he, he showed that with people that have a lack of play in their lives growing up and the ability to transfer that to adulthood, uh, have real social problems. Yeah. So, yeah. interesting example. That's such a... That's sad, isn't it? That we lose that. And some of those have never learned to be playful. Yeah. And then as we age, you know, oftentimes people say, oh, act your age when we want to be silly. Right. Uh, and that sort of pulls us in. But, you know, one of the studies that I looked at, which was done in Okinawa, Okinawa Japan by the National Geographic Society, revealed that, that engaging in activities like playing with the young children was as important as diet and exercise in fostering and the... Uh, Okinawan's legendary longevity of people living to be 100 or, or beyond. So there's, there's scientific evidence in that as well. Even be around, yeah, children, because they're so playful. And also animals. In my case, I never had children. So, yeah, I have a dog and that's so much fun. So we're almost at the end and I have so many topics here. Your book, again, you did a wonderful, wonderful job just exploring all these aspects of what is to live this authentic beautiful and meaningful life. You talk about creativity and explore that area, resilience, courage, learning, just never stop learning, being open, which I kind of connect to the feminine for some reason. We tend to be more open. And positive psychology, you talk about that too. There are so many interesting topics. I love also the topic on self-compassion, self-kindness that you have there by I never heard about her too, Dr. Kristen Neff. That's something that I really, really believe in as a foundation, this self-compassion, self-love. It's so crucial as well. I think that's it might be the where everything else becomes possible. 
I agree. And just one other quick thing that I'll add in line with that is that I really think that uh, people don't have the courage to go after their dreams after a certain age because they they believe, uh, well, my theory is that uh, there are conditions that promote a negative concept about aging, what I call the calamitous seas, and they include complacency, conventionality, and compliance. In other words, just going along with uh, society's norms and not really feeling motivated to do anything. But then I flip that over and um, I indicate that to not get sucked in by that negative talk on aging, I recommend replacing those three calamitous seas with three positive constructive seas especially if you're serious about living a life of continuous incline. And of course, they are change, curiosity, and courage. You said replacement. When I think about negative thinking, positive thinking, from your experience, is that what it takes really? Replacing or integrating somehow? I'm not sure if we can replace them and kind of remove the negative belief systems and talk, but can we somehow integrate them? Well, I think that... As I've said earlier, we're all aging. We know that from the day that we're born, we're all aging. And of course, there are going to be aspects of uh, our our bodies may have conditions, issues uh, that we need to respect and address. But I think that the more that we look after ourselves from a holistic approach, body, mind and spirit, that we can certainly not focus on the negative aspects uh, and therefore look at the positive. I think there needs to be a bit of a balance that there are some areas of um, embracing negativity if it's in a positive way. And that may sound a little strange, but uh, it's it's understanding that you can't live a life as a Pollyanna. Uh, I, I personally see the glass half full, and that's the way that I look at things. But if there's something that's negative going on in the world, I accept that if I have no power to change it and move on to focus on some more positive areas. So the the question that I bring up in the book, which is the overarching question, is what does a life of incline look and feel like and how do you best achieve it? And to me, it's the starting point is attitude, which is the first section of the book. The attitude, a positive attitude and a positive mindset. That, I think, is is absolutely integral to continuing to live a meaningful and purposeful life of incline. And, of course, what comes along with that is happiness. We all want to be happy. I love your perspective on that about the negativity, even addressing that in a positive way. So that's the integration that would make sense to me because we don't want to delude ourselves. But I love this idea. Even anything that happens that's negative, it is judged as negative. We are able to kind of translate that into something positive, learn lessons or whatever it is that we can come up with. That's why I love this. Another suggestion, which is creativity, just being creative. That's what I have done. That's my tool, being creative. So we're almost at the end. I do have, I want to mention that in your book, I love the, um, you call personal reflections too. all these powerful questions that you ask. Beautiful. I love that section too. I wanted to ask you earlier about spirit, this connection with body, mind and spirit. For you, what is that component? What is that piece, the spirit component? What would that look like? Well, I think that for me, it's, um, it's your soul in a sense. 
and uh, what is at the core of of your being, for example. Uh, I think that um, the power of play comes into it. I also feel that uh, having a purpose in your life, all of that comes in into play in uh, in addressing that aspect of your life. In a way, it's not something abstract. It's not the idea of a God or a being outside of ourselves, but something that we can actually embody here now. Yes. Yeah, I love that, Ramona. Being playful, yeah. being creative, or having a purpose. Thank you for your wisdom, for sharing your wisdom. And, and I think, too, just to tag on yeah. to that, that, that a huge piece of this is is having meaningful relationships with people, young old uh having connections with people that's another huge piece of having a positive aging process is having those those connections and relationships and a sense of community with with your family with other people it's huge the reason why i focused on being playful and the self-love and all that because that's the way we create this environment this space for connection it just becomes so much healthier and beautiful if we come from that place I have a few more questions for you, but before I ask them, Ramona, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Would I like to add anything? Well, why don't I share with you and the audience a few inclined elders to give them a sample of some of the people that they will meet uh, in the book. One of the first ones, and I I adore this man. Um, his name is Herb, and I call him the Eternal Incliner. And uh, when I met with him, he'd already been prepped by his daughter, who's a, a yoga friend of mine, that what, what my topic was, and I'd give him his material. So throughout our lengthy discussion of, of his life, basically, he kept interjecting with, well, I was inclining there, and I'm <laughs> inclining here, and I'm still inclining. So he, he got yeah. it. Uh, and he's yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. When I when I met him, he was uh -huh. 99, and he shared with me a story that six years earlier, when he was 94, he and his wife decided to move from their home in Houston, Texas, to an independent living community to be closer to their family. And the first night in the dining room, Herb looked around and exclaimed <laughs> to his wife, oh, my God, there's nothing but old people here. <laughs> and he was 94 at the time, but it just shows the, the youthfulness of him. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote this little rhyme, which I think is so reflective of his perspective and others as well. And it goes, I look in the mirror and who do I see? It's my younger self smiling back at me. While society dictates a time of decline, I follow my soul and choose to incline. So I was fortunate in attending his 100th birthday party the, the following year. And uh, he looked at me and winked and he said, I'm still inclining. So that. that <laughs> delightful story of Herb. And there's, there's so many others. Uh, the, the amazing Miss Lee, who's become a very dear friend, she's now 96. She shares in the book her recipe for living to 95 and beyond, which highlights in, uh, having a positive attitude, which we've talked so much about, and keeping the inner child alive. Uh, Raymond tunes out the negative talk of decliners and follows the philosophy of not letting the old man in. Uh, he's an out, avid outdoorsman. He shared that while he doesn't climb mountains anymore, he still enjoys hiking around them. It's simply a matter of modification. So that goes on and on, but it gives you a few tips. And then we talked about Betty, of course, and, and gratitude. And there's there's so many other real people that have shared their stories. And 
I think are very touching and very moving. Uh, there's a lot of humor in what they've shared as well, but some, I think, valuable lessons for people. I love your work. Thank you so much, Ramona. Thank, thank you. And my last questions to you, let me see which ones. I'll ask you two questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leave in the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? I'd have to answer no to that because I feel very, shall I say, I feel very blessed. And I know that's a term that's used a lot, but I, I do feel very blessed because I've let, led a very good life where I've been able to live my life on on my terms, basically, as far as being the best person I could be. Uh, lifelong learning, of course, has always been important in reinventing myself so that I could be more uh, motivational to people. My common thread has been helping people to develop themselves. Uh, I have done a lot of work on a volunteer basis as well with the local Austin Human Resource Management Association, where I served as president and in other capacities as well, and uh, working to put leadership programs in place, which uh, were award-winning. They're still in place for leadership for the organization, and that's been about 14 years ago. Uh, other initiatives like that where I've worked with groups in the Austin community to support them in job transition, uh, mentoring programs, and now um, the, the recent work I did at St. Edward's University serving as an outreach director promoting lifelong learning to older adults in the Austin community, and now sort of moving along that continuum of uh, a passion for educating and, and professional and personal development, I'm now in, in the throes of promoting positive aging, an advocate of positive aging, uh, and have written Inclined Elders. So I, I feel very grateful. There's my gratitude. I feel very grateful for what I've been able to accomplish through my own endeavors and through the support of other people as well. And I, I feel comfortable with that. You've done a lot to contribute to this a more beautiful reality, a more loving, peaceful reality, as I call it. I think I mentioned that off record Thank too. You. And, and I continue to uh, to do that. I mean, I I became a septuagenarian two years ago, and it took me a while to get my my mouth around that word. It's a mouthful, but uh, I'm, I'll be seventy two this year, and I plan on continuing to live a meaningful and purposeful life into my eighties, nineties, and and beyond. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, the journey continues. Yeah. Thank you for the inspiration, Ramona, for being your message, being the message. Thank you. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Well, I would go back to my strong belief in having a positive attitude generally. Uh, I think too, and we've used the, the word often, the authenticity, but being your being yourself. Uh, having the courage to really be who you want to be and to live the life that you, that you want rather than, uh, uh, well, deferring to what other people's wishes are. It was interesting, a, a very interesting book I read with, written by a, a hospice worker uh, on people's deathbed. She had discussions as to what they would have done different. And, and one of the responses was that I wish I'd lived my life according to how I wanted to live it. And, uh, you know, I think that's extremely important. And and really embracing life, living life. Uh, I think so many people just go through life 
through the motions of living. And there's so many areas that I speak of in the book, the play, the movement, the this and that, where if you embrace those aspects will lead to living a, a happier, more meaningful, full life. Thank you so much again for your wisdom, for the work you do, you have been doing, for your presence. I love this authentic, we call authentic, but it's just being yourself, just being you in the moment and speaking your truth. I really value that. It's not just a value thing, but it's to me means everything. So thank you. Well, thank you. I've, I've enjoyed very much uh, our conversation, Valeria, and thank you again for having me as a guest on your show. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Okay, well, I do have a website, and it is uh, www.ramona, R-A-M-O-N-A, V as in Vera, M as in Marie, Oliver, O-L-I-V-E-R.com. On my website, it uh, provides people with a little bit more background on what the book's about, who I am, and it also has links to, of course, Amazon. My book is on Amazon, both paperback and uh, ebook. And I also have uh, a discount through my publishing partner, Book Baby. Uh, through to the end of August, and there's links to that as well. Uh, I can be reached um, through the website as well. There's an area where you can indicate you'd like to be added to my update list um, newsletter. And um, going forward, uh, what I plan on doing is continuing to promote uh, the book and the concept because it's really that's what it's all about to me. Just helping people. I also am considering doing a companion piece for the book, which would be a series of poems, uh, again, touching on the topic of uh, inclining. Uh, I have a working title of Musings on a Life of Incline. So that's sort of one of the things I have uh, in the works and a few other things up my sleeve. (laughs) Wow, that sounds lovely to me. Thank you so much again, Ramona. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Ramona Oliver and her work, please visit RamonaVMOliver.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.